Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Eugene Weaver. Welcome to another episode of Cinema's Soft Underbelly, your one-stop shop for all things horror-related, mainstream, hard-to-find, obscure, anything horror I'm going to be talking about. And uh, last episode, I... Uh, actually, the last two episodes, I was uh, talking about some of the works from uh, a prolific, a prolific uh, director from Italy uh, by the name of Mario Bava. And this episode, I am going to be focusing on, this is going to be another two-parter, uh, we're going to be focusing on Lucio Fulci, who is my favorite director from Italy. And I figured it's it's now time that I delve into his works, especially his uh, his works from the late seventies to early eighties when he was firing on all cylinders. Uh, he has Lucio Fulci has an extensive body of work uh, spanning many, 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 many years. He passed away unfortunately in nineteen ninety six, um, uh, and un- and even more unfortunate is that the movies that he was making in the uh, early nineties and even uh, late eighties were i don 't want to say unwatchable because uh, there 's a certain charm to almost every single Lucio Fulci horror movie. Some of them are almost unwatchable there's a couple that were uh, pretty tough to get through. Manhattan Baby comes to mind immediately. Uh, Demonia comes to mind um, however uh, there 's still a certain charm that uh, that he was able to convey onto screen. Um, my first um, my first experience with Lucio Fulci was uh, back before I obviously before I knew who this guy was, uh, and I kept on seeing the big box at the local video store on on VHS, uh, big letters "Zombie," and then "We are going to eat you," and there was this black and white cover of this gross looking maggot covered covered zombie head with worms coming out of his eyes, and I'm like, that's probably too good to be true. Well, I was wrong. Um, that was even that was worlds better than I thought it would ever be, and I fell in love with that movie. Um, I fell in love with that movie right from the get go. However, that's not what I'm going to be talking about today. I'm going to be focusing on uh, Lucio Fulci's Zombie and The Beyond, and uh, another one that I'm not. I, I'm, it's between two of his other ones that I'm going to be focusing on on part two. But part one of this Lucio Fulci series, uh, I'm going to be focusing on three of um, three of the gems from those that time period, late '70s, early '80s. There's a ton of information out there about his career and when he was again when he was firing on all cylinders and churning out just the best of the best horror from Italy. Um, the budgets were pretty decent for that time, and he had the right crew the right cast, the right effects artists, and everything just worked. Uh, for these three movies that I'm going to be talking about, as well as The Beyond and Zombie. Um, and even before then, before then, he still had some fantastic movies um, that I, I, I probably won't have a, a chance to get to. I might hit on them on part two, but um, mainly going to focus on his really popular hardcore gore horror movies from the late seventies and then into the early eighties. So, uh, and he was banging these things out like one a year. So I'm going to start with the New York Ripper 
And of the three that I'm going to be talking about today, this is probably my, I I hesitate to say least favorite because it's still a great movie, but um, I like uh, Fulci's more fantastical, supernatural bent horror movies. This is straight up slasher movie with some hints of Jalo, but uh, very much, very much capitalizing on the slasher movies that were taking place over here in America at the time, because this was came out in 1982. So this is basically Fulci, this is basically Fulci's version of of uh, of an American uh, of an American slasher movie, gory to the hilt. Oh man. Uh, but anyway, I'm going to get into that a little bit later. I want to tell you a little bit the synopsis of the movie here and uh, all that good stuff. This was a, I believe this was a video nasty over in uh, the UK. Um, and rightly so. This was one that actually gets, deserves the notoriety that it gets. It's still hardcore to this day. Uh, in fact, most of his movies from the late 70s, early 80s are uh, every bit as hardcore as they were back then because the special effects were so so gross uh, and so well done for the time. So New York Ripper, uh, I'm going to read the back of, I've got the Blu-ray here, I've got the blue underground Blu-ray here in front of me. I'm going to read the back of this. Um, a blade-wielding psychopath is on the loose, turning the Big Apple bright red with the blood of beautiful young women. Uh, as NYPD detectives follow the trail of butchery from the decks of the Staten Island Ferry to the sex shows of Times Square, each brutal murder becomes a sadistic taunt. In the city that never sleeps, he's the killer that can't be stopped. Uh, written and directed by acclaimed horror maestro Lucio Fulci uh, and filmed on location in the mean streets of New York City, this is one of Fulci's most savage and controversial thrillers, now remastered, blah, 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 blah. Um, I will say this, uh, the back of this, uh, this Blu-ray gets it uh, completely right here. This captures, and certain other movies do as well, but this captures the early 80s New York feel so, so, so well. It's grimy and dirty and sleazy, just like I imagined New York City was back then, with uh, just n- nudie shows all over the place, drugs rampant, uh, just Every other person seemed to be shady and kind of maybe a scumbag. Um, this isn't going to rewrite the slasher subgenre that, by any means. Uh, but what sets this apart is uh, the fact that some of the kills in this thing are just so hardcore and brutal. Uh, I, I, honestly, thinking about it, I find it hard to uh, think of any other slasher movie that goes farther than this one does in a couple of because this one is a very sexually explicit movie there is tons and tons and tons of nudity in this movie and so much violence towards women which uh, granted I, I i get it a lot of slasher movies are like that there's a lot of violence towards women uh but this one here has a, a particularly nasty mean-spirited bent almost like uh, fulci himself is kind of subconsciously saying how much he hates women. I could be wrong. I don't know. I'm just speculating here, of course. But, it, man, it's, uh, it's rough. <laughs> um, but, again, it's got that, that dirty, grimy 80s, early 80s slasher feel set in New York City. Um, the, it's, it's not a huge surprise who the killer is. However, 
the whole the whole uh, way it comes into play is is quite impressive. I think. Um, yeah, he, and by no means is this like a Jason Voorhees type of thing. This is this isn't like that. But regardless, it's uh, it's quite something, and the music as well. I, I got to say is so. Uh, I, I hate that it's not really horror tinged. It's more Italian cop movie sounding, if that makes sense. And I, I actually like it. It, it. it makes this movie kind of its own little unique thing. And I think that's cool that, uh, that it doesn't sound or really look like a horror movie. It looks more like a cop thriller, Italian cop thriller with just crazy amounts of violent gory bloodshed. Uh, I'm looking here on IMDb and this is kind of interesting. It says after the film was rejected by, for a UK cinema certi- certification in 1984, uh, chief censor James Furman infamously ordered all prints to be escorted to the airport and deported from the country. Nice. That's, that's what uh, censorship means. What a load of crap. <clears throat> so anyway, <clears throat> um, Lucio Fulci, as usual, he does a little guest cameo appearance in this, and I always like to look out for him in all his movies. <clears throat> I think they're kind of comical. Um, not that they're really played for last, but he just he likes to put himself in his own movies uh, in very very short scenes. Uh, and you can always, if you know who he is, you can just you can pick him out. I'm like, ah, there's Lucio Fulci. Now, what, wonder what his voice sounds like in this one because almost all of the actors in these movies are dubbed over, so they never sound the same. Which I I think is kind of funny in itself. So uh, anyway, it's a good movie. It's not my favorite Lucio Fulci movie, but uh, it it holds up uh, quite well. If you're into this sort of thing, if you're a big if you're a big slasher fan, then uh, I can't imagine you're not going to dig it. If you enjoy that that time period, if you enjoy Italian horror movies. Don't think of this as high art. Uh, most of the movies I talk about aren't high art, uh, but just think of it as ninety minutes of brutal early eighties Italian slasher. And if you're into that, watch it, please. It's good. So anyway, New York Ripper. Next up is going to be the House by the Cemetery. Now this is um, a little bit more well known than uh, than his. New York Ripper. New York Ripper was actually the last of his big, his big. Uh, I want to call them almost like five movies that he made that were all a lot of the same crew that were just him firing on all cylinders again. And House by the Cemetery was a year prior to New York Ripper. Um, again, it's not my favorite of the bunch, but it's still I've watched it. I've watched this thing more times than I even remember. I've seen this thing so many times. Uh, I actually imported, not imported, I bought this movie back in the day in Fangoria Magazine used to have on the back pages, back couple pages, they would have little articles where you could get uncut VHS copies of movies that are not available here in the States uncut. And one of them, it was Midnight Video, and one of them was House by the Cemetery. That's where I first saw House by the Cemetery. Um, That's where I first saw The Beyond, um, Rabid Grannies, uh, Cannibal Holocaust, uh, combat shot, a whole slew of of movies that were literally unavailable here either at all or in uncut forms I saw through that company and it was one this bit before the internet so you know I would uh, 
I would send them a money order and you know, you just sit back and six weeks to almost two months later, something shows up at your doorstep and there they are, VHS copies, no labels or anything. It's just VHSs that they recorded onto and that's how you used to do this stuff. Now it's with uh, with companies like Arrow and Blue Underground and Scream Factory and all these other ones. And even before Blu-ray, a lot of these became available on, on DVD through Anchor Bay and uh, a bunch of other companies out there. Uh, but back in the day, in the VHS days, it was really hard for you to get your hands on movies like this. So uh, anyway, House by the Cemetery. Uh, reading the synopsis here. And this one here is uh, more of the fantastical, supernatural type thing. Uh, that I really like from his movies. Uh, in New York, Dr. Norman Boyle assumes the research of Dr. Fraudenstein, uh, of his colleague, Dr. Peterson, who committed suicide after killing his mistress. Norman heads to Boston with his wife, Lucy Boyle, and their son, Bob. And Bob is, uh, Bob's great because Bob is just terrible. Uh, his voice is obviously dubbed, but he's just horrible. And I blame that all, mostly on the dubbing. Um, and, and it's funny because Bob, the actor, he actually shows up at the very, very, very end of Lombardo Bava's Demons from 1985. Uh, I, rewatching that, I'm like, oh my gosh, that's Bob from House by the Cemetery. There he is, this straggly blonde hair and all. Um, obviously, I, I'm guessing a different voice because, it's, again, it's all dubbed. But anyway, um, there's some Bob... Uh, they live in. They, they go to live in this isolated house in the woods that belongs to Doctor Peterson. Bob befriends the girl May that only he can see, and she warns him to leave the house. Soon, his parents hire the mysterious babysitter Anne, and creepy things happen in the house. When Bob goes to the basement, his parents discover the secret of the house. And let me tell you what: this movie is all over the place. Um, I know that that Fulci was going for a shining feel um and if you know it you can spot it but it's so out there and and not a whole lot of it makes absolute sense and uh, part of it is like come on it's that there not everything is there however i almost may i almost enjoy the movie more because of those inconsistencies because not everything quite fits together, and it's not because it was done purposely. Like, oh, let's make this more my- mysterious. I think that was just ineptitude from the uh, the filmmakers that they didn't quite quite come up with everything just right to to have everything fit or make sense. Uh, but in hindsight, watching it, it it works to the movie's advantage, and I can actually appreciate it and kind of enjoy the fact that that you just kind of roll with it. It's just a bunch of weird goings ons in this creepy house. The house itself was also featured in uh, a movie, I believe, I, I could be wrong here, but I'm pretty sure Umberto Lenzi directed it, and I like Umberto Lenzi's, Lenzi's movies, uh, called Ghost House. It was the same house that was used in that movie. Um, but uh, the house is really cool, and um, basically it's just a, a family is in this house that happens to be haunted by this guy that likes to eat people <laughs> and use their body parts to keep himself regenerated in the basement. And it's a, he's a zombie type thing. And how that ties in with the shining, uh, I know you're probably thinking, what, how does that even remotely tie into the shining? Well, it does. Trust me. Just if you watch it with the little girl, that's the ghost that's communicating with Bob and Bob is supposed to be Danny from the shining and uh, the parents that are kind of aloof and, 
Um, the haunted house, it's just a very low rent shining kind of, but with the zombie guy thing in the basement that likes to eat people. But as with his other movies from this time period, it is, uh, crazy, crazy gruesome. Um, the original title of this movie was actually, uh, Fraudstein, which I, I like that last name. I like that. I'm, and I, I kind of remember in the movie, I, th- I thought they pronounced it Fraudenstein, but I could be wrong. I haven't seen it in a little while now, but um, I, thought, I think that's kind of interesting that that, uh, that, that was the original title, was what it was going to be. This is the third part in Lucio Fulci's Death Trilogy, is what he called it, the Death Trilogy, which uh, started in 1980 with City of the Living Dead, then The Beyond, uh, which is in my opinion, Lucio Fulci's best movie, and then ending with House by the Cemetery. And they are all, like I said, the, they have the supernatural bent going on uh, to them. Interesting, uh, interesting thing here is the early VHS issues of House by the Cemetery, which I believe Vestron Video put it out, because I remember seeing it on shelves. Um, that movie actually, and I've, I've never saw the VHS of this, but the the movie actually had some film reels out of order. So... Even how little the movie already makes in sense-wise, it made even less sense on VHS because scenes weren't even in the right proper placement. So it was just stuff happening. Um, Anyway, uh, some other notes here. Um, There was a bat scene uh, in this movie that is hilarious and so gross. The bat... Uh, there's a there's a bat that attacks the dad and bites him on the hand and the bat is one of the fakest looking bats you will ever see it looked like a stuffed animal um however he stabs it with a knife and it is so gross in the most fakest of fake ways but it it in itself is worthy of watching the movie just for the fake bat scene to see because he stabs it on the top of its body, and blood just kind of shoots out all around it for some reason. Like, you can tell there's, like, it's filled with squibs or whatever, squib- filled with blood and whatever. And it's just funny because it's so unrealistic, yet it works uh, It works so great. So, so, so great. Um, uh, anyway, uh, as usual, Lucio Fulci does a cameo in this. So, if you know what he looks like, look out for him because he's in there. Um, uh I I have the uh, Arrow release, and of course the Blu-ray looks great. It's got some great special features on it, and um, it, I really like it. It's one of those where this one here I kind of fluctuate on my score. It's like Zombie and Fulci Zombie and The Beyond. I never fluctuate on score. Those are some of my favorite horror movies of all time. The Beyond gets a perfect score out of me, and Zombie, yeah, four and a half out of close to five stars as well. Those are some of my favorites of all time. Uh, this movie, however, House by the Cemetery, I fluctuate on it. Sometimes I'm like, ah, it's just not quite up to the standards of those other ones, and even City of the Living Dead, which is the next movie I'm going to be talking about, but it still has this this unique, cool feel to it all its own. Um, even if it doesn't quite make sense, even if some of the acting is really bad, hello, Bob, uh, it's still fun to watch. And it's, it doesn't overstay its welcome. It's uh, 85 minutes long. And when, you're, when it's done, you're like, okay, well, that didn't make a whole lot of sense, but I'm fairly grossed out. And uh, um, that was Italy in the 80s at its best because it's 
you know that's what it is but there's you know a lot of ghosty type stuff going on that that you're it's kind of left to open to our interpretation although i don't think it was supposed to be uh but you know that's just the way the movie was so thumbs up big thumbs up check it out if you're into supernatural early 80s italian splatter gory movies then that there you go it's uh it's right up your alley uh however if you're into into what i just said uh, and want something even better that's the last movie i'm going to be talking about and that is city of the living dead and this one here is fantastic this one here is my it's my third favorite lucio fulci movie uh behind the beyond and zombie uh this one here would get probably four to possibly four and a half out of five stars from me um it is uh it's fantastic the storyline is uh is so cool it's uh it's it's so gory um you just you have to see it to believe it um which i'm going to be getting into that a little bit more here soon um it uh let me just find this here on IMDb. Okay, this was from 1980, and I know I kind of been making my, making my way backwards with these, but I wanted to save the best for last on this episode, and that is City of the Living Dead. Um, interestingly enough, this movie was called the first. My first experience with this movie, uh, it was known as The Gates of Hell here in the United States, and I saw it on VHS from weird, weirdly enough, a couple uh, guys that were going to my high school. They said their dad had a VHS copy of this thing. Um, the Newcombs were their last names. I don't even remember their Bruce Newcomb. I think maybe was was this kid's name, and uh, he let me borrow his dad's copy of uh, Gates of Hell. So that's my first experience watching City of the Living Dead. Which that's neither here nor there, but it's kind of an interesting story. So anyway, um, City of the Living Dead. Uh, Lucio Fulci, Christopher George is in this, and Christopher George is one of my favorite uh, dir- uh, favorite actors from that time. He was in uh, uh, Pieces, the uh, slasher movie from Spain. That is, it's one of my favorite slasher movies, and I just like him. He just seems like this cool. Uh, he's not like action starish, but he's just kind of this cool. I don't, I don't care, badass type type guy, and I, I like him. Uh, a lot in these movies. Uh, I'm going to read the synopsis here of the movie. Uh, I'm going to read it on the back of the Blu-ray here. Um, Horror maestro Lucio Fulci throws open the gates of hell, unleashing a plague of zombies in this notorious shock and gore masterpiece. A psychic buried alive, a mysterious vision, a hanged priest, and a prediction of zombie-fueled apocalypse. Can anything be done to save man from gut-munching oblivion? In the sleepy village of Dunwich, the dead are rising, local girls are vomiting entrails, and the town misfit is about to get his brains drilled out. Will they find a way to stop the rotting hordes before everyone in town it gets devoured? This movie here is so unbelievably gruesome uh the, and uh, mainly because of the scenes that i've said that are on the back of this of uh, the blu-ray they are so hardcore still hold up to this day uh, still as disgusting as i remember the first time i saw them um i wish i could find the uh the effects uh, gino de rossi is the special effects artist and uh, it's what's cool about some of these Italian effects guys is they've done some big movies um, and they're still working. Uh, Casino Royale, he did he did some effects for Casino Royale. Um, 
he's done tons and tons and tons of stuff. Um, he did the special effects for Zombie, and he did the special effects for Burial Ground, Knights of Terror, Cannibal Fero, uh, Piranha Part 2, which was James Cameron's first movie. Um, just to name a few. Great effects artist. And they are on full display in this movie. Uh, let me tell you what. The drill scene from, uh, let me find his name, Giovanni Lombardo uh, Radis, one of my favorite Italian actors. He was, uh, he was in a lot of Lucio Fulci's movies. He also, most recently, he was in the 2006 uh, remake of The Omen. He was the priest with the burnt face. Um, but I've, just, I've always liked him. He's, he's usually a despicable scumbag in his movies. Uh, he was in Cannibal Fero. He was in uh, Stage Fright and uh, some of Fulci's movies as well. Uh, in this one here, too, he's uh, kind of maybe sort of a uh, sex offender and he's just gross. He, uh, I, I, I don't want to give too much away because if you're going to watch the movie, the less you know about him, him and what happens, the better. But uh, like, the, like the synopsis says, a priest hangs himself, thus unleashing the gates of hell in this small town. And again, just like, just like House by the Cemetery, not everything makes sense. Um, but it works a lot better in City of the Living Dead than it did in House by the Cemetery because it, it really makes the movie all the better. It makes it all the creepier. This one here is really, really creepy, I thought. Um, the atmosphere is great. They use so many smoke machines in this movie, I'm guessing, because it, almost every scene seems to be shrouded in mist. And I, I really, really like that. Um, movie was banned and uh, video nasty and all that stuff, but it has found the light of day and uh, I have seen this movie so, so, so many times. Um, this was, uh, 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 again, Lucio Fulci does a scene in this movie, of course. Um, I will tell you this. Uh, there, there's an actress in this movie called Daniela Dorian. She's the one, and I'm just, this is kind of spoilerish here, but she's the one that pukes up the guts. Um, it was. So, so gross. Um, I'm going to just read here uh, just a little bit about this. Uh, her character vomits up her internal organs when she sees this, the, this dead priest. She starts bleeding out of her eyes, and it makes her vomit her guts out. The actress swallowed and regurgitated a plate of tripe. So she barfed it up. It's so nasty. Uh, and then they used an up-close fake head where they just pumped out tons of guts. And you can tell it's fake, but... Even the fact that you can tell it's fake makes it all the grosser for some reason. You can tell the mouth isn't real, but it's just gross uh, how they do it. Um, brains are ripped out from the zombies, and the zombies, the undead, I guess you could say, they look so ugh and gross, and they're not like normal zombies. They're just more demonish, I guess you could almost say. Um, the ending of this movie is, is uh, very, very interesting to me, uh, it ends so abruptly and kind of on a downer note, but it doesn't quite make sense. And I found out that the film stock was damaged. And so uh, that's why it just it ends very abruptly and it ends on a downer note because the screen kind of cracks. Like it, there's these cracks that go over the screen. It turns to black. I don't want to give away the exact ending, but you're like, what? No, okay, what did that mean? Well, that was because the it was ruined and the film stock was ruined. So they just ended it like that, but it works quite well for 
the weird head trip movie that it was. Uh, so I like that. Um, but if you're into Italian zombies and the undead and uh, creepy dead priests that make people puke their guts out and uh, over-the-top acting, and it's so cool. I love this movie. Love this movie. Uh, I never get tired of watching it. Uh, I highly recommend if you are wanting to get into Italian cinema, Italian horror cinema, and you don't mind gore, here you go. This is a surreal, bizarro head trip of a movie. And again, while not quite as good as Zombie and the Beyond, it is um, easily one of my favorite Italian horror movies of all time. And I highly recommend you check it out if you're into that type of thing. And even if you're not, if you want to just try something different, um, I can't imagine that you're not going to enjoy it on at least uh, the level of, okay, this is kind of like a bad dream, but just almost like a weird Italian David Lynch type thing going on. Uh, and the same with the house by the cemetery. And then really, really much so with the beyond, which I'm going to spend some time on the beyond, uh, on my next show because that movie is fantastic. So anyway, uh, that's going to do it for me today. Uh, Please try something different. If if you're if you're kind of into horror movies or you're wanting to give them a chance, try something different. Different and and revisit some of these old uh, cult classics because that's what these things are now. These are cult classic movies. They have followings, big followings anymore. Um, they're they're really cool in their own right. They don't make movies like this anymore, and you can just tell they have this certain feel. The film stock that was used, the music that was used, the practical effects, um, the the dubbing of all actors. Um, just the bizarre, the weirdness of them. Uh, they don't make these like this anymore, and I, I love these. I, these are a piece of history to me, a piece of horror history that will probably never be duplicated, I don't think. Um, so give them a chance. I, I think that if you're open to it, I think you might enjoy some of these. Uh, but anyway, that's going to do it for my show today. I hope you've enjoyed it. You can get a hold of me at eugene-weaver at hotmail.com with any questions, comments, uh, things that you want me to watch, things that you disagree with, things that you're like, hey, thanks for covering that. I'd love to hear from you. Uh, as always, make sure that you check us out at uh, Movie Freaks Podcast. We're over on YouTube. I uh, just did a great uh, taping session with my, my co-host Eric Marner this past Sunday. We really talked uh, We talked about all sorts of great movies, 2001 included, so make sure you check that out. That out. Uh, also, Cinema Sidekicks, uh, we're going to be doing a Megapod show with them this coming Friday and we're going to be talking about all things interstellar. So I'm looking forward to that. So anyway, thanks again for listening. I'm Eugene Weaver and until next time. 